the fire within podcast you need a sustainable plan the right mindset and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within just like the phoenix you can burn your old habits never turn back and emerge completely anew there are no shortcuts welcome fire within nation this is the fire within podcast where we talk about all things nutrition fitness and health related i'm your host brandon woolley joined by my co-host and producer joe woolworth hello Today, I'm excited about our guest. Her name is Amanda Rettenmeyer, wife and mother of three. She's lived in the Triangle almost her entire life, owns and runs a carpentry business with her husband, Bill. She loves serving her church and at her children's schools as well. She loves to read, watches the Hurricanes play. She's really good at crossword puzzles as well. So welcome, Amanda. Hey. We wanted to talk today about your story with health, fitness, nutrition. You've got this amazing transformation and also wanted to talk a little bit about implementing those changes with your whole family, especially with kids. It could be a hard and a lot of our listeners are moms and it's not perfect and it's a struggle, but there has been some progress. So let's kind of start from the beginning, just kind of with your transformation story. Two and a half years ago, we had decided that we needed to make some changes. For me personally, I had been the heaviest I had ever been. I was absolutely miserable with health issues of back aches, headaches, everyday aches and pains. My knee was constantly bothering me. And so we decided to join a gym and just made that commitment. And so we joined on a Sunday and Monday morning I was in there and signing up with a trainer, which I worked with for about a year and didn't really see too much change. And it wasn't actually until I met this nutritionist that it really started changing um, the course of where my life was going. One of the things that stuck with me from the very beginning was the trainer that I was working with asked me why I wanted to do the transformation then. And honestly, I don't blame him. I think at the time I was like 206 pounds and I probably just did not look like the kind of person that was ready to be hitting the gym like, yay, let's do it. So honestly, I told him, you know, I had done everything to get right with God, done everything to get right you know, with therapy and stuff. So I was like, I've done my mind. I've, I've done my soul. It's like, it's time to get my body right. So we ended up, let's see, like I said, I worked with him for a very long time and like multiple days a week trying to exercise and just get there. And I was just, it was such a struggle still. But really what turned it around was when I started um, talking to you about nutrition and meeting with you about that, I w- and since then, I've learned so much, and there's just it's been amazing the transformation that has taken place based on changing my perspective of how I looked at everything. Because the way I looked at everything, I just thought literally the way to lose weight was you went to the gym every day and killed yourself for hours. I didn't know any different, and it's so hard to find the right information for nutrition because it's so conflicting. This is what you need to eat. This is what you need to not eat. And I think for everything you can find where they say eat this, someone's saying don't eat it. That's exactly right. And I think that's a real important point for listeners is I think the general consensus is that you exercise more, eat less. 
I started off like, like that first trainer with just the training approach. And I'm like, I have clients who are going to be three times a week and six months in, they've lost like one to two pounds and, and I'm, they're doing everything I say exercise wise. What's the missing link? Um, and it was the nutrition piece. And uh, that's why I decided to, to really focus on that. So, so it's not that, you know, it may not have been that the training protocols you were doing were incorrect. It's just, if there's hormonal blockages and other things going on, it's just not going to work. Oh Lord, there were so many things wrong. One of the things that really helped us to be able to find a way for me to move forward with everything was doing the blood test um, and the panels and everything. Because the no matter how much I was working out, come to find out, my body was resistant and not taking in any nutrients. So it didn't matter how much I worked or I don't even think at that point the vitamins I was taking, I was really fully getting an effect with them because my body just was not in a place where it could absorb or take in anything good. Yeah, and I remember hitting a couple plateaus and, and we did blood work a few times um, and each time learned a little bit more and what the next step was to, to keep that progress happening. Mm-hmm. We had Dr. Lavelle on in episode four. He's a functional doctor and we kind of discussed the uh, power of that. You know, at the time we were with uh, Lifetime Fitness and they have a great program there, but it really can be a game changer for a lot of people. And even without that, you know, we'd already, we'd talked about, we've done the detox a few times, episode seven. We did a whole episode on that. If you can remember back to the first time we went through the detox, mm-hmm. what that was like. Oh, that was absolutely miserable. Oh my gosh. That was, <laughs> that was hell. Honestly, I don't, when we first did the detox, my husband and I, we didn't really understand what it meant. Like we thought, okay, we're supposed to drink a shake and starve ourselves basically for the rest of the day. Not really realizing that there was so many more options of vegetables and stuff. But at the time, honestly, that wasn't our diet. That was not our normal diet. So it's all we were thinking of is all the stuff we can't eat, not the stuff that we could eat, which I think is something that a lot of people do is when they look at trying to be healthy, they start thinking of all the things they're not eating or not, you know, taking in anymore instead of focusing on what's positive and what they can take in. Absolutely. Somebody had recently asked me, you know, is there all these recommendations you give to people, if you had to label it as something, what would it, what would it be called? You know, is it paleo? Is it whatever? Honestly, I think the detox diet, those things, you know, when I look at Dr. Gundry's stuff, when I looked at Dr. Catherine Shanahan, when I looked at Dr. William Davis, everything we cut out for a detox is essentially how I believe we should be eating anyway, whether it's the Lifetime Detox or, or another uh, companies, you know, most of them, if they're science-based, we're just trying to eliminate the things that cause hormonal issues and tax the liver. And regardless of what diet you're on, if you have dairy, it's probably going to cause some inflammation. If you have something with a high lectin protein, maybe you're resistant to it, but it's still going to cause inflammation. It's still going to penetrate the gut. We know regardless of who you are, caffeine is a diuretic. It's going to bind itself to nutrients. We know that soy has xeno and phytoestrogens that can cause issues with the thyroid and with estrogen. You know, everything that we eliminate during that detox, no matter what diet you follow or who you are, it's probably going to benefit you to do. Now, I don't recall specifically for you that first detox. Did you happen to see a lot of difference or was your body just in so much misery from the detox flu that it was hard to say? (laughs) Because of the lack of eating, probably, I know I definitely think I dropped at least somewhere to three to five pounds. I'm pretty sure somewhere in that range, but I'm not 
really sure that it stuck. I had a lot of back and forth with the weight fluctuation for a while there, even after doing the detox. And I think part of it wasn't until we started kind of really journaling my food like daily, making sure, and then I was making sure I was getting, you know, breakfast, a snack, lunch, a snack, and dinner consistently every day because skipping meals was a big thing for me. And then setting mini goals, I think, has been one of the biggest things that's helped me is having just every week something to kind of work towards and being able to not look at it all as such a massive undertaking looking in the mirror and saying I'm never going to get rid of any of this weight it's never going to go anywhere no matter how much I do or you know try I'm never going to get anywhere being able to focus though on little things and and being able to I guess have the control of little things um, day to day and realizing that that's in my power changing my perspective into every decision I make with what I put in my body or like in terms of products that you use and stuff and the chemicals and those, those are all choices that I get to make every day for me to help me. And that I had to get to a point where I had to realize that if I tried to sneak something in that I wasn't supposed to be eating or whatnot, that even though you would be checking my food journal, the only person who I was really hurting was me because I'm the one who's going to suffer whatever the consequences are for eating whatever it was I'm not supposed to eat. Yeah, and I think that's an important point. What are the things you can control? Um, actually, me, me and your husband, Bill, we had a good discussion. You know, what are the top five things that you want to change in your life? Great. Now, what are five actionable items you can do? And it sounds so simple, but oh my gosh, if you write it out and do it, it makes a huge difference. So, and, and that's the same approach with, with nutrition. You know, if your goal is just, I want to lose weight, that's not an actionable item. So maybe the first heading is, you know, make better choices. Okay. So we're the subheadings for making better choices at breakfast. And we're just going to start with breakfast. Mm -hmm. And you're one of the few long-term clients I've had that was okay with the slower approach and you followed it. And you've also, you know, out of 3000 people, probably been the most successful client I've had is because you, you were willing to be patient and go through that long-term process. It's not a quick fix if you want it to be permanent. Now, I did want to back up just a second. You said something that may have sparked the, the interest of a couple of our viewers. You ate more and you lost weight? Oh, um, yeah. Well, oh, God. So three kids, totally, like, time-consuming, <laughs> not finding the time, trying to rush around, skipping breakfast all the time. But I've since come to understand that in order to keep your metabolism going and everything, you need to be eating. And it's so counterintuitive to think the more I eat, the better my body's going to be. But really, that's how we're designed is to be more efficient by putting in the good things that our body needs so it can do its job. And by not eating instead of, you know, making it so we're not gaining weight or whatever, we're depriving our body of being able to do all the important things it needs to do. Right. And I don't want my listeners to be confused with like intermittent fasting. You know, intermittent fasting is okay if at the end of the day you've gotten all the nutrients you need. But if you're eating one small meal because you're so busy and you're in a deficit of nutrients, that's where we start getting into trouble. Because, of course, there's plenty of benefits to intermittent fasting for the right body type and what their insulin and blood, blood sugar is like. But if you're missing so many meals that you're only getting 30% of the nutrients you need, that's a problem. Got anything to add there, Joe? 
when you were talking earlier about not seeing results for like a year and you kept going, that's pretty fantastic. I know I've been guilty of like working out for weeks in the past and being like, well, I don't look any different. And that was hard. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I actually, okay. In all fairness, I have to credit Pasha, the, the trainer I was working with, because there were times when I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to make it in today. And he wouldn't let me not make it in. He'd be like, okay, so if I would, and like I did, I came up with excuses. Like, you know, this happened. And he'd be like, um, okay, so how about in two more hours? Can you make it in two more hours if you need more time? And I'm like, <laughs> so then I'd be like, oh, maybe. And uh, if yeah. I was like, no, I can't make it today, he'd be like, so what other day can you make? Like he was relentless, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, I guess. Yeah. Did you feel like, did you feel stronger? Did you feel like you had more muscle development? Did you feel healthier after working out more? Um, until you added the nutrition piece? Or was it not until you added the nutrition piece that you know you felt a change? Honestly, it, I think it was probably when I really added the nutrition. I just have to say that, like, a, a lot of people have asked me because I have lost 71 pounds. And so, you know, a lot of people ask me about, you know, how do I do it and this and that. And um, everybody's like, wow, you must go to the gym all the time. And I'm like, mm, not as much, you know, no more than I would say most people would go maybe. But it's the nutrition is, is really what made the difference for me. If I hadn't started, basically I credit Brandon with, I did anything and everything he said to do and everything he said don't do, I didn't do. And that's how I got where I am. Like literally the only client I've had that, ex well, maybe one other one, but that did everything. Uh, now I did want to say, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with Pasha's approach. I think if you had a healthy metabolism, and all your hormones were in order, that would absolutely work. And he's oh, a pretty good yeah. trainer. No, no, no. To Pasha's um, credit, like, it's not his yeah. fault. He he would uh, he would try. He'd be like, you know, how was your nutrition today? What did you eat? <laughs> but that was, like, kind of the extent of it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it would be, don't eat that. But it wasn't the help of, this is what you need to do. Step-by-step, um, yeah. actionable items. And yeah. only focus on this for a week. Yeah, yeah. and then, God bless Brandon, because he's kind of... <laughs> Uh, he, he's also um, helped me work through issues of stress, things that would block me, or I've found sometimes I'm a stress eater. The support, you know, feeling like you have someone helping you and pushing you through has definitely made a huge difference. What did you learn from the blood work specifically? That's when we found out that, like, my body was being resistant to taking in nutrients, so... We came up with a plan of they switched, like, I'm going to take this vitamin in the morning, this one at night, and also they were able to tell me what kind of exercise to do. Like, the cardio exercise was not getting me as far as strength training would get me. So we focused more on doing strength training to build muscle and to keep the weight coming off. Plus, my cortisol was um, one thing that we checked and my cortisol level was like through the roof. Um, that was a really helpful test. Uh, my cortisol found out was like really high in the morning, which makes sense because part of one of my issues was insomnia constantly, constantly. I'm talking days, like three or four days in a row without sleep. That was the most alarming thing. Uh, when we first started working together and I go, how are you alive? <laughs> Do you feel like it, that insomnia also fed into your mood and, and things like oh, that? Definitely. Definitely. So, and now, even though it may not be 100% resolved, can you, can you talk about the differences between then sleeping and then what it's like now? I have like a routine now, a bedtime routine. I try to go to bed around the same time, take my vitamins before I go to bed, try to have a cup of tea, 
to relax a half hour before I go lay down and everything. Before I would just go to bed whenever, would literally just stare at the ceiling. Like I'm an avid Grey's Anatomy fan because I used to watch it on Netflix again and again and again because <laughs> you got to do something when you can't sleep. So, but now it's, it's really not as much of a problem. I mean, I'm, I'm tired at night and I lay down and I can go to sleep. Part of the problem though before too was Dr. Pepper. I was a Dr. Pepper addict. Like I didn't think I'd ever be able to stop drinking Dr. Pepper. Now I drink water, <laughs> lots and lots of water. Yeah, I actually, the with your permission, you'd shared your uh, results. This is the March 2018 ones and I actually have those. And with your permission, of course. And it's pretty amazing now that I'm looking at all the markers, all the self-reported symptoms. I don't think you really have any of these anymore. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm not going to, I don't want to tell them on air. That's, that's health oh. information. But, uh, but uh, so just if anybody's still, you know, on, on the fence over whether or not they feel like blood work is worth it, you know. Oh, I, it's worth you it. You know, I think it's, it's expensive. It's not cheap. But I think it's a lot cheaper than some of the health complications and chronic prescription medications and potential surgeries and things that could come later on. So it's definitely an investment that that's well worth it. One of my concerns with the sleep, too, is that dementia runs in my family. And I, I love watching documentaries and stuff. And I watched one on Alzheimer and, you know, the whole thing about sleeping being important for your brain and everything and to break down every whatnot. And I was like, okay, so this is definitely something that concerned me. So my sleep was definitely a major thing that I wanted to get under control. Yeah. And for, for the listeners that missed episode three, a couple of the things that contribute to Alzheimer's the most, one is sugar. There's an end product called amyloid plaque that builds up in your brain. And we could only flush that out through, through a system called the glymphatic system during sleep. And so if you're insomniatic, you're eating a lot of sugar, then that's literally the recipe for Alzheimer's dementia. So if you're getting that deep REM sleep, your brain cells shrink up to 60% of their size and the body actually flushes a fluid through your brain to get rid of that plaque, just like pressure washing a sidewalk or something like that. So you mentioned having high cortisol levels. What are some of the techniques to lower cortisol? Uh, the canes need to have a winning season. Yeah. That's, that's, really <laughs> that's always a plus. Yeah. No, I know for me, one of the things that we did to help um, control that was when I was exercising, because I would exercise in the afternoon, evening. I can't do that. I need to exercise in the morning to give myself the time for my cortisol levels to go back down. Now, this is actually something the blood work helped with, too. We, we know that blood sugar ups and downs, spikes and crashes uh, are going to increase cortisol. Mm. So just regulating your blood sugar through the more frequent meals, mm. I think it's, that's one of the things that really contributed to that adrenal health that, that helped to bring that cortisol level. So cortisol is your stress hormone, and uh, there's many things that can contribute. It could be mental, emotional stress. It could be lack of sleep. It could be poor eating habits, poor blood sugar control. You happen to have all of them going on at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> eating chocolate, too. That was one of my, oh, my gosh, craved chocolate right before bed all the time. So I would always have, you know, something chocolate before I go to bed. It's like you get to a point where you have the knowledge of what you're supposed to do, and you know it's good for you, but it's a matter of being disciplined and choosing to make those good choices. And then again, having that progressive step-by-step actionable item plan. Uh, we didn't just sit down and say, all right, you're not going to eat wheat grain, corn, soy, dairy, all this ever again. You're going to go to bed. At t-. Like it was one uh, thing we focused on each week. Like this week, your goal is, mm-hmm. you know, Epsom salt bath three times a week uh, to help yep. with that sleep. 
And I think that slower approach is the long-term way to do it. And for me, part of the process of having those goals every week was Brandon really had to hit this over my head a few hundred times before I finally got it would be to be okay if I did not hit my goal and that it just meant that maybe my goal needed to be adjusted just a little bit. Absolutely. After you did the blood work, we picked a supplement protocol specific to blood markers as Mm -hmm. opposed to just taking a shotgun approach and just throwing anything under the sun. Right. Um, which, which I think if, you know, if another good reason to do blood work, if you're going to spend money on high quality supplements, it's good to see what's actually going on in the blood and know specifically this will work. Uh, and sometimes they could say specifically, this is a bad idea because of where your levels are. Mm-hmm. So, so we were on a pretty, pretty, you know, rig, rigid supplement protocol for a while. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience with that, challenges, you know, did you feel a difference with some? Let's talk about that a little bit because a lot of our, our listeners have questions about supplements. Let's see. Daily, I now take a multivitamin, fish oil, magnesium, zinc, vitamin D. I take curcumin, CoQ10. One of my biggest things was just to actually take them daily. I struggled with doing that, which is... Ironic because I take a medication that I'm supposed to take daily too, that I was supposed to take daily. I actually was able to get off of my antidepressant through the work with Brandon and with changing my nutrition, which was one of my goals when we first met was to be able to get off the antidepressant. That has been like a huge blessing for me. My energy level has definitely gone up. I know that overall my moods are better I hope my family feels that my moves are better too. I don't know if they do or not. Well, I, I can say there was a span of about three months where I was like, oh God, Amanda's coming in. <laughs> and, oh, I've had a terrible day. Of course you did. And yeah. that's gone like maybe now it's once every three months instead of every single day for three months. Mm-hmm. And emotions still happen and stress still happens. But I, I would say overall, it's absolutely night and day. This is the first time I've admitted this to you, but we first started, there were days like, oh my God, it's Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a crazy train. I get it. No, we're. We're nah. a crazy train. Okay. But, but it's, it's completely leveled out to sustainable, normal pattern. Well, obviously, you don't need the, the prescription medication anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully that, that gives some hope to a lot of our listeners. I, I, it's, I don't know what the statistic is, Joe. Maybe you want to Google that. But the amount of people, you know, antidepressants and things like that. Well, my concern was I had been, I had been on the antidepressant since before I got pregnant with my son. So that was like 2004, I think, that I got put on it. And it was, what, 19 or 2018 when I got off of it. And, yeah. I think, and I think it's been a combination of some of the stress management techniques, the mm-hmm. sleep, and then the microbiome health. Oh, yeah. Because it's 90% of serotonin. Yeah, didn't even mention that. That is huge. Um, taking care of that. I, I didn't even realize that was a thing. And so your seminars, like, really have been, were, were really helpful to learn the information and and, and the, the, the research. Like, that's always been one thing that's always, I've, I've found so helpful about you is that you've always been willing to research something and then you share it. And if something changes or you think that it's no longer the best idea or best option, you're always like, hey, you know, I found this other research and it says this and you've, the willingness to share it and everything has always been very helpful. If you're trying an approach and it's not working, it doesn't make sense to keep trying that approach. How do you know when to quit an approach? I think if you're looking holistically, 
you know, is your sleep improving? Is your mood improving? Is inflammation down? Is your skin improving? If none of these things are happening, if your energy's dropping and things are getting worse, that's probably a good time to change approaches. It's one in six Americans are on antidepressants. One in six. So that means if we have, let's say we had a thousand listeners, uh, that means there's like two, you know, 180 of them that are on. That's, that's wild. You can get off your antidepressants over time, potentially with your doctor's approval through increasing your microbiome health, uh, which means adding more vegetables, cutting out the no-goes like wheat, grain, corn, soy, dairy, um, and then learning stress management techniques and sleep. It's, it's definitely possible. Oh yeah. That's it about the microbiomes is I was because I was having headaches every day that my doctor had given me a prescription for 800 milligram ibuprofen that I literally was taking one, one to two of those a day for the headaches, for my back aches, for my knee hurting. My poor body didn't really have a chance. So even if you were eating the right things, you had no chance of absorbing them Mm-mm. correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So with ibuprofen and NSAIDs like that, it literally can eat holes in the lining of your small intestines can, when it's chronically used. So I would recommend, if possible, not using them for more than three days in a row for chronic issues. And as a bonus factoid, uh, we've talked about this before, olive oil actually serves the same effect as a low-dose ibuprofen if it's a high-quality olive oil in terms of anti-inflammation due to its polyphenol content. So potentially uh, sucking down a little bit of olive oil, if it's high quality, can help with inflammation, but do nothing negative to your gut. That's a plus. That is a plus. (laughs) Taking care of myself and getting myself on track, I thought would be the hardest thing. I take that back. Getting my kids on a healthy track, holy smokes, that's a whole (laughs) other ballgame. Mealtimes are crazy. I got to be honest, listeners, I don't have any kids. You know, I would read up on it. You know, one of the best books, I think, on child nutrition is Dr. Kelly Dorfman, How to Cure Your Child with Food. We got to link that in the show notes. The best resource I found. But I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, this sounds easy. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think about about seven minutes, you know, having dinner with you guys, seeing it actually applied. I'm like, oh, man. I mean, both you and Billy are saints. Uh, (laughs) You guys have great kids. But dealing with picky eating. Eating. Oh my gosh, that's that's a tough nut to crack. Mm. Although, you know, everything's not perfect. If you mm. think back to, you know, a year and a half ago, I bet mm-hmm. there's 30 items in their day that they're no longer eating. Oh my gosh, no. I'm I'm thrilled about the things that we don't have in our house anymore. As stu- stupid as that sounds, I'm sure. We don't have cereal in our house anymore. We, my kids used to like eat cereal morning, noon, and night. And there's really no great option out there. If it's not full of sugar, it's a grain that's not good for you, you know? Now, now just for fun, what was the most prevalent cereal? I want to look this up real quick. Lucky Charms. Oh, my gosh. You should love those. Heart stars and shoes. They have an only marshmallow version that they come up with every <laughs> once in a while. They put unicorns in them, and so Megan was devastated when it became, um, no, we can't eat those. Oh, no. All right, let me see if I can pull up some quick factoids here. This could be a lot of fun. So the first ingredient is whole grain oats, then it's sugar, oat flour, and then we've got our corn syrup, uh, corn starch, modified corn starch, dextrose, which is a sugar, Mm. salt, gelatin, trisodium phosphate, supposedly that's in a cleaning chemical at Lowe's. Sweet. Uh, Yellow number five, yellow number six, red number 40, (laughs) blue number one, and other colors. So 
One of the issues with added colors is, uh, I know for kids especially, it's going to exacerbate ADHD symptoms. And I'm sure there's some cancer and thyroid issues with that as well. My son was diagnosed with ADHD a few years back. And one of the first things they said was to eliminate red number five, I think, from his diet. Now, if we look at, and this without including the milk, there's about 22 grams in a serving, which the average American, you're not going to get 17 servings out of a box. You're going to get about eight. Uh, so it's more realistic. You're getting about 45 grams of carbohydrate, which is 20 grams of sugar. And we're going to divide that by four to figure out how many tea sh- teaspoons. So that's, uh, is that five teaspoons of sugar for breakfast? Don't look at me. Math's not um, my thing. Which is the same as five Oreos. So, so definitely not mm, a new Oreos. Meat, right. <laughs> And, and that's a typical, that was my breakfast going to school. It was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was Cocoa Puffs, mm-hmm. Reese's Puffs, Cookie Crisp. Excuse me, Cookie Crisp. <laughs> Those of you that remember that commercial. Uh, so that's a big win. And that's so just one the same. Item. You said it's the same. Eating a bowl of Lucky Charms is the same as eating five Oreos for breakfast? Correct. If it's <laughs> an actual serving size a person would use. Yeah, but nobody does that. Nobody, nobody does, does that. Does. <laughs> no. I remember crushing like three quarters of a box at a time. So... But that's a huge win. What are what are a couple other items? A soda. We only drink the Zivia soda now, which is awesome. Most of them don't have caffeine in them. I think every now and then we'll buy the one that does have caffeine, just the cola. But the kids like the cream soda, the root beer, the ginger ale, the black cherry. I mean, there's so it's a better option. They have a Dr Pepper flavor. They do, Dr. Zivia. That's awesome. So, and the big thing with Zivia, it has three ingredients pretty much. It's carbonated water, stevia to sweeten it, and flavor. That's Mm -hmm. it. So there's no dyes. There's no sugar. It's zero calories. Um, I don't care if you guys have like three of them a day, whatever. You're probably going to be fine. And they're at, they're at the grocery stores now. It's like Harris Teeter. You can buy them there. I think I saw them at Food Lion maybe once, maybe, but it's not, you don't have to go to Whole Foods or anything anymore just to go get them. Now, one of the struggles we found is you were starting to be able to create a better environment at home. Mm-hmm. However, then they'd go eat their school lunch. Mm-hmm. What were some of the issues that came came with that? Well, we needed to limit the amount of money that they could spend daily. Just one of them, not going to point out who, was <laughs> enjoying extra bags of chips, extra ice cream every day, a couple other extra snacks, cookies, multiple snacks. And then I think even though we were trying to foster a better environment at home, they were still sneaking them home in their book bags and bringing them up to their rooms so they'd have snacks at night. (laughs) So I don't know, maybe the moral here is you can't control everything they're going to be exposed to, but you could at least lead by example and create an environment in the home that slowly over time starts to rub off on them. And speaking of school lunch, we used to have a Taco Bell line, the French fry line, mm-hmm. and I would get like two of them Otis Spunkmeyer sugar cookies. And I swear it was like cocaine. I, I went to another dimension. <laughs> it was like I was on shrooms, which I haven't tried yet. But anyway. My uh, thing was the square pizza with the chewy cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the plastic cheese. Tater tots and the chewy nacho cheese to dip it in. <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah. It's oh, got to be really good for you. They used to have like the vending machines that had, uh, I think it was very fine was the brand yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the juices. Oh God, yeah. I used to love the pineapple orange one all the time. Oh, that fruit punch one all day long. I remember cracking those open in middle school, which is another one of those 100% juice, but it's all sugar. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've been trying to get them to take vitamins as well for their focus. And it's been hit or miss. We went ahead and got the recommended multivitamin that you had told us about, which I think is Thorn Research. Yes, yes, Thorn Research. But you have to take like five of those. So that's like... That was in Oregon. yeah. Yeah. But I've been trying to be consistent with them, at least getting some fish oil in, getting the uh, magnesium in, because I know that that's something that's missing a lot. We've gotten to the point where we keep a bottle of fish oil in the car. So on our way to school, after we've had our breakfast, which is a paleo waffle (laughs) and a a yogurt drink, usually we can take it as we're getting out of the car, but we're getting it in. That's a big deal, especially for kids. What we're looking for is avoiding an essential fatty acid deficiency. And what that is, is when they eat so much of the standard American diet types of fats, which are primarily vegetable oil, their skin, their brain is all built up of the wrong types of fats. And they could have skin issues. You can see pica type symptoms. Pica is where they eat really odd items because their body knows they're missing something. And they go, so like if they eat chalk, that's a really, kids. there's kids that eat Play-Doh and chalk. That's a good sign of a zinc deficiency. Or if they're eating sticks of butter, like that's common. Or maybe eating out of a mayonnaise jar. That's a really strong sign that there's an essential fatty acid deficiency, uh, which is going to you know, impact their gut health, their, mo- their bowel movements, their brain health, brain function, skin. In uh, adults too, this could, you know, it could be in adults, but, but so fish oil is a great way to give them one of the most highest, high quality types of fats to help reverse that. I have a child who would consume a whole jar of mayonnaise and be content with it. But at least we've got her on the uh, Primal Kitchen. Yes, one. Primal Kitchen. Yes, yes that's the best one we found. Yep, the Primal yeah. Kitchen. So at least it's a healthier. Yeah, so it's <laughs> avocado oil, which yeah. is a healthy fat versus you know soybean oil or or another type of canola or vegetable oil. Mm-hmm. There's those funny things online all the time where it's like I replaced my water bottle at the gym with like a mayonnaise bottle just to freak people out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Stuff like> that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's funny. It's still. Uh, battle like our youngest is constantly if I eat this does that mean I can be done you know like she tries to negotiate every night her way through the meal (laughs) every night but she's actually gotten to a point where she will at least try new things and that's kind of part of the Kelly Dorfman thing is getting them to try it consistently and but that's uh, that is something that takes a lot of patience as a parent too is to go through that and to push through that process but it's worth it, although she swears now she still hates sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you think back to when you started trying to implement changes with them, has there been any noticeable change in their behavior and, and performance in school? And it's okay if there hasn't been. Well, I have to say that one thing that I'm very happy about is I've noticed that the um, older two definitely tend to lean towards making slightly better choices. We are constantly checking out different snacks to try to find something healthy that we can get them to latch on to. And every now and then they'll pick something. So that gives us better options. I think that was one of the biggest things that we had to break in our household was snacking. They'd have little bags of chips, just anything. It just felt like I, they always seemed like they were snacking. So, of course, meal times were always stressful anyway because nobody wanted to eat because they had already ate. But that's been a huge change, too. We we don't buy the boxed food anymore. Like, that was, as a mom of three little kids, that's the easiest thing to go to is a box of macaroni and cheese or a box of whatever it might be, instant potatoes, uh, whatever it is. That's the easy thing to grab. And I don't know if it's because my kids are a little bit older now. It's just easier now to not 
lean on the the box that's out of our house we we don't buy the boxed foods we don't use it because of all the process that it goes through i mean it's the franken food it's not the real food they're almost completely devoid of any nutrients yeah um now just from a snack perspective uh give our listeners just a couple items that you now have on hand if they do want a snack all right so they'll sometimes have the epic bars the meat bars there's the rx bars they'll eat those they like blackberries, the berries, blueberries, strawberries. They'll do yogurt drinks, but the Greek yogurt drinks, not the animal full of sugar ones. We have found like chips that are the avocado oil chips. The kettle brand. Yeah. Yeah, Himalayan yeah. pink sea salt. One of my kids loves seaweed. She loves to snack on that. Beef jerky. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is good if you get the right kind. Yeah. And every now and then we'll do like olives. They love olives, so olives is a great snack. That's a good fat. And I think they finally got over complaining about not having stuff. And once they got past complaining about not having things, that made it a little bit easier to introduce things. It's almost like depriving them of it long enough. They yeah. they, they were finally yeah. like ready to be like, okay, what are you going to feed me since I can't eat this, this, and this anymore? Yeah. And, and uh, it is a grueling process. This is not quick, guys. This takes a long time. And I'm sure results may vary by family. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, slowly it is changing, and I, I think it does make an impact. If you take the phones out of the equation, they do better with sleeping. I think that hopefully they're doing better with their focus at school. At least the reports from the teachers have become less frequent. So, I mean, there there have been some positive changes. Like I said, like, I've noticed that they're starting to make some good choices. They love almond milk. Holy cow. I cannot keep almond milk in the fridge, um, which is awesome. Huge win. Yeah. We don't do dairy milk at all. At all. So, and it does make a difference because I know that my youngest is talking about how horrible she felt after lunch, like, every day. And I was like, well, what's going on? Come to find out she was having regular dairy milk with her lunch every day. So, that's why she wasn't feeling good. So now we just get the water at lunch. Now for for your adult meals, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this off. So I'm very fortunate. You know, we get to have a card night once a week, and uh, your husband Billy, he's an awesome cook. He's amazing. Yeah, and he he's got this. Uh, <laughs> 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 he's got this like flat top for the uh, stove, and he'll mm-hmm. do like these amazing stir fries. He got me turned on to that epic bone broth. Yes. Like most bone broths taste like ass. I'm just gonna be honest, but he let me try this epic one. Epic's an incredible brand. You know, I've always done their bars, but they. They do, you know, nose to tail, properly, sustainably raised meats. And, but he let me try, it was like a jalapeno beef one. I'm like, how is this bone broth? This is amazing. Awesome friends. You know, they could just take the easy way out and just serve any crap, but they buy like the organic top grade stuff and, and just treat you amazingly. But, but I've learned a lot of different foods, even just through what you guys are cooking that are now in, in my recipe. So it's kind of like spreading like fire. So I help you a little bit, you get it going. And now I'm learning things from you. And I think oh, he's ha- not learning it from me. My husband's an amazing cook. Yeah. He's learning it all from my husband. Yeah. <laughs> and now half the stuff I research is like stuff Billy's texting me. <laughs> and he's looking this stuff up. So like right now we're really into the uh, sleep deprivation pods. And I'm like, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. So, so that's something we'll have to do an episode on soon. Well, just sparking the interest, being interested in it, and then implementing some of it. It's, it's kind of a neat thing to see happen. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, there's hope. It just takes time. It does. It's a process. I mean, that's definitely one thing you really have to 
realizes that there's no quick fix. There's there's no shortcuts. It's work and it's dedication and it's the little choices. Like some days it was every minute I had to make the little choices to get where I am. And I think if you have a chance, you're going to put a picture kind of a before and after of where I was and where I am now so people can kind of see. We could probably make that the thumbnail. Sure. Now, thinking about where you are now and where you are then, and you were to think of the things that made a pretty good impact. Honestly, one of the biggest things I would have changed is I would have focused a little bit more about maybe bringing my family along with me sooner because it's great that I am where I am, but it's I, I think it would have been, one, it probably would have had, I felt a little bit more... Not supported because my husband's been amazing and supported me the whole time. And even my kids are like, you know, oh, mom, you know, you're not going to feel great if you eat that. Like, so they've done that. But I think it would have been easier on all of us had I really pushed to bring them along sooner. And it would have probably made me feel a little bit less like I was in it alone. I think sometimes in order to feel like you can make an impact on someone else, it does take getting to a certain level to Mm -hmm. where, okay, I got the hang of this. Um, now I can bring them on board. So some of you guys, if you're looking to start a change and it hasn't happened yet, see how much of your family you can get on board with the get-go. Now you are very fortunate. Billy's super supportive, super, mm-hmm. super supportive. I don't think there's anything he's, you know, if he thought it would help you, he's never said no. He's, oh gosh, he's amazing. Like, uh, he is good at everything he does. It's actually really <laughs> annoying. So, it's beyond annoying. So so we actually renamed all the card games Billy Wins. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's the truth every time. Don't bet uh, money against Billy. <laughs> no, not, you will never win. Yeah. So now, uh, the last question I always ask our guests, and this is talking directly to the listeners. Mm-hmm. What are the top three things you would tell somebody looking to start a transformation that they should do? I would say make sure that you are really doing it for yourself and that you're ready to commit because... It's something you have to want for yourself. No one else can put that desire in you except for you. I think that's what kept me going to the gym is that even though sometimes it was hard, mm-hmm. I really wanted to, you know, I, I knew I wanted to do it for my family, for myself, but for my family too. I wanted to achieve, you know, a better life. So I would say start out with mini goals definitely set the little goals for yourself whether they're daily weekly and and journal journaling helped me a lot being able to see what I was eating because then when I wasn't getting where I needed to be or if I wasn't feeling great the day before we were always able to go back and look and say okay well here's probably why I wasn't feeling great maybe we shouldn't do that again (laughs) and just And just knowledge, I think, um, just really trying to seek what's going on. I've actually, because of all of this, started a program to get certified for nutrition so that I can feel more confident. Because people ask me all the time about, you know, how have I done it and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I know what worked for me. I'd really just like to have a broader general knowledge so that when I'm talking to someone about something, I might be able to tell them something about what could help them, um, not just based off of what's helped me. Yeah, um, and that program is uh, Precision Nutrition, mm-hmm. if anyone's interested. That program's dope. You can learn a lot through that. And then also, you know, that's that's a great base, but just, uh, you know, seeking out what are some of the health professionals that are prevalent and consistent with their information that checks out across the board and, and learning from books and podcasts and 
and being able to compare those so you can say, you know, I've heard this and I've heard the opposite, which one's true. You know, the more, I think the more research you do, it's easier to identify what the true health knowledge is out yeah. there. Um, and, and it is going to vary from person to person based on your physiology, which is why there's not a one size fits all. But I truly do believe that almost detox approach uh, being the basis for most people, at least 80% of the time is a good way to go. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amanda, today. Thank you, thank you Billy, for being supportive, everything that you've contributed um, and allowing our listeners to learn from your experience, your experience with your kids. Very lucky to have you guys as friends. And I'm going to go lose it some rummy. Um, <laughs> Billy wins. Yeah, Billy wins. Uh, should we just title this episode Billy wins? Yes, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also, be sure to follow us on social media.